Greetings and aloha, everybody. Ronnie Landis coming to you. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. This is episode two of our first solo podcast series on nutrition. And wow, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be doing these individual episodes. I think I've been waiting to do all of this for literally years, and um, here we are. So let's recap for a second. The last episode that we did, our first episode, was all about Living Foods 101. And there is literally so much more that I could talk about on that subject, and we are going to interject a lot of things that weren't talked about and weren't really organized um, throughout throughout this podcast series. Uh, in similar fashion to that last episode, I am coming to you live on the fly and delivering my thoughts, my perspectives, my personal knowledge and experience on the topic of superfoods. So this, this episode is Superfoods 101, and let's dive into that. So first of all, when I layer or I create uh, what I would call an evolutionary nutrition food pyramid, there is a particular layering process that I've gone through over the last decade or so constructing this idea, and in my personal interpretation... It starts with living foods, and that's why we started with living foods, and that's why our nutrition um, series is layered the way it is, and the way my Holistic Health Mastery Program is structured the way it is in chronological order, because we start with the foundation, and we start with living food, plant-based foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, fermented foods, seaweeds, sea vegetables, wild sea vegetables, sprouts, grasses, um, uh, edible flowers, you know, all that amazing, amazing stuff. And then we get into what we call superfoods. So that's what we're here today to talk about. What is a superfood of, first of all, now over the last, I would say 15 ish years, this term superfoods has become very popular. Um, it is everywhere now. And I, I go to Barnes & Noble every once in a while to poke around, and I will poke around in the nutrition section just to see what the mainstream kind of diet uh, trends are. And I will see these books that say superfoods, and when I look at the cover and I kind of browse through the book, I see the same old foods. I see, you know, blueberries, which are amazing. I see strawberries and raspberries and blackberries, which are amazing. I see, um, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, kohlrabi, um, you know, just your, your basic like vegetables and fruits and things of that nature. And these people who are writing these books are calling these superfoods. And with all due respect to them, these are not what I consider to be superfoods. These are incredible foundational foods. I could do an entire episode just on berries alone um, in the fruit kingdom in of itself. But that's not the point of this. The point of this is that superfoods, in my terminology, in many other people's terminology, the people that actually came from the superfood, uh, I guess, paradigm and were introduced to it, we understand that the idea of a superfood is not, is not what's being talked about out there. It's not your basic food. It's basically a food in a, in a category of foods that has more bang for the buck. It has more macronutrient value, more amino acids, more unique fatty acids, um, certain types of sugars, which we're going to talk about called polysaccharides. There's more macro and trace minerals and even what we call ormus minerals, M state or monoatomic elements. 
which is something that we might dive into later on in this series, which would be really fun. Um, basically, these are foods that have more bang for the buck. They have more phytonutrition. They have more nutrition altogether in nutrient density than your common foods. Um, and these are also foods that have been revered and used in the medicine system, in the food system of major cultures all around the world. This is a huge distinction because when we look at things like blueberries, for example, blueberries are amazing, but blueberries that we typically, the, the cultivar blueberry is a plump blueberry that is not actually its original heirloom or wild form because when you go foraging in a natural environment let's say um northern bay the bay area northern california certain areas of the bay area um you can you can go foraging for wild berries raspberries blackberries blueberries these kind of things and you will notice that the berries are almost pellet sized and those you know, ironically have more nutrition in them and more dense pigmentation, the coloration, which we call antioxidants, those have more of a dense pigmentation than the plumped up cultivars or the hybridized um, blueberries that we're used to, like in, the, in a bag of frozen blueberries or something, right? So, you know, if you were talking about wild blueberries or wild raspberries, then I would say, yeah, that then that would be a lot closer to what I would consider to be a superfood. But uh, with that said, we're going to talk about my 10 favorite superfoods. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little philosophy. I want to talk a little bit of a context of, again, what superfoods are, why they're so critically important for all of us in our nutrition strategy, why we need to adopt a superfood lifestyle, and uh, maybe a few other things that come into the flow of this conversation. So let me back up a little bit. My personal experience in the superfood revolution started really when I got into living foods, you know, 11, you know, 10, 11 years ago or so, whatever it's been. And, um, you know, I was introduced to green vegetable juicing. I was introduced to um, having one big leafy green salad a day. I was introduced into the world of even like semi-fruitarianism, the 80-10-10 type of diet, 80% carbohydrates in the form of fruit, 10% fat, 10% protein, which I don't really advise at all. But this is kind of how I started getting into a lot of this. And um, then eventually through my, my good friend and at the time mentor and someone who I attribute so much of my, my background knowledge to David Avocado Wolf, he really pioneered this idea of superfoods and not just the idea of it, but he actually was traveling around the world identifying, discovering and, and bringing back the knowledge and the foods themselves, bringing that into the public awareness, bringing that into the raw food field, and also supporting in the scientific analysis of these type of foods. So everything that I tell you that is my favorite superfood, the 10 favorite superfoods, these are all identified in his book um, called Superfoods. That was the first book that I got into, um, aside from the Sun Food Diet Success System, and that really laid out like what are the most powerful foods that we can take in that are going to give us more bang for our buck, that are going to have more of a epigenetic effect on our genetic triggers that are going to allow us to switch on longevity promoting genes and are going to shut off um, aging genes, oxidation type of uh, genes. I don't think that that's not really appropriate or scientifically accurate term, but you get the point, that are going to reduce inflammation, that are going to reduce arthritic onset, that are going to reduce diabetic blood sugar, hypoglycemic symptoms, that are going to help you repair your digestive system if maybe you have a leaky gut syndrome or you have intestinal permeability, which is basically a leaky gut, you have a digestive issue, you have some kind of hormonal imbalance, um, things that can actually support in the regeneration and the restoration and rebuilding 
the human body from the inside out. These were all ideas that were imparted to me and that were intuited by me from getting into the superfoods. And the very first superfood that I got into was actually spirulina, I think, if I remember correctly, because I got really deep into green vegetable juicing. And I wanted to know how could I take my green vegetable juice to a whole nother level. So it was basically celery, cucumber, lemon, and uh, maybe something else, right? Just very basic. And then I had the idea like, hey, how can I supercharge this green vegetable juice? How can I take this to the next level? And then I had the idea of, okay, well, why don't I add one tablespoon of this thing called spirulina? into my green vegetable juice. And then that was my first introduction into taking something that was already powerful, but then supercharging it. And I actually had a very powerful experience with it. Uh, I think for the first time, I actually felt deeply, deeply nourished. Because one of the things with living foods is that Um, And depending on the quality and the soil quality of where those fruits and vegetables and those nuts and seeds are being procured or being produced, you know, it's going to be a different it's going to be a different qualitative diversity in terms of the mineral content and the, the nutrients and the probiotic prebiotic influences that are in that soil. And so the life force potential is going to be different depending on where you're getting the food. And so I felt like with living foods, it was more about cleansing. It was more about alkalizing my body, cleaning out my blood, cleaning out the the interior system, purifying the body. But then I needed to get building blocks into my body to rebuild my tissue matrix, to rebuild the structural integrity of my physical frame in raw food by itself, um, aside from sprouted nuts and seeds, which funny enough, I didn't really get super into until later on in my journey, wasn't really doing it after a while. And I can share more about my personal stories of, of going so far into fruit in the beginning that I actually got really, really skinny. I got really, really weak. And I had a lot of people that were very concerned about me Um, And I stuck to my guns because I knew intuitively that I was on the right path, but I needed to change my approach. I knew that, okay, obviously I've done way too much fruit. I've gotten, I'm not getting any real protein at all. I'm trying to work out every day. And my, I looked in the mirror one day and uh, my arms were skinny. Like, I mean, skinny. I'm coming from being a professional athlete all the way to like looking, looking, not good. And that was the moment I was like, oh man, okay, we need to course correct. And uh, then that's really where the superfood thing came in very strongly for me. So that's a little bit of a background and an introduction in my personal experience with this. And um, so, you know, let's talk about, first of all, what superfoods are. Superfoods are basically your, your insurance policy, your health assurance policy. So instead of this idea of going to your medical establishment, going to your industrialized, government-sanctioned, government-funded medical establishment to get health insurance, by the way, in my personal experience, and, and I can tell you about my personal experience in a different episode because I actually worked in the emergency room of Summit Hospital in downtown Oakland, California, which is a heck of a place to to work in an emergency room. I worked in there for three years of my life as an HIV tester. So I was actually testing hundreds of people every single month for the, the immunovirus HIV. And that's a, that's a story in of itself. Most people that know me or listen to me don't even know about my background now that I realize it. They don't know about the, what I've seen um, and why I'm so passionate and why I do speak so much against the, the, the medical mafia establishment because I have been face-to-face with that thing in ways that most people cannot comprehend. And that's actually part of my awakening. That experience of being in that environment was part of my awakening into what is really going on and what people are really dealing with 
and why I became so fascinated with things like cancer and uh, degenerative disease and all those kind of things. I actually became an expert in all of those subjects because I saw it firsthand. I saw it right in front of me face to face and it affected me. It affected my my outlook on the world and I, and it affected my it just affected my consciousness and that's actually 2 years into that is when I got into raw food and then I had my own experience and those are a bit of a uh, stories that I can tell um, as it's relevant going through the series. But the cool thing about this series is that I can just kind of lay back right here talking to you guys and I can share perspectives that I have that are just so unique and I've never really shared before. I've never gotten the chance to really go in depth like this. So this is cool. Anyways, superfoods are your health assurance policy. Your health assurance policy. So, and they're also your your nutritional insurance policy because we live in a world, as many of you are aware, where our soils have been so depleted through monocropping, through genetic modification, through chemical agriculture, through factory farming, and all the other um, despicable, um, you know, really. Um, crazy things that we have done to our environment and our agricultural system, our soil, generally speaking, has become so depleted that the mineral content in our food is abysmal. Let me let me make a point for all of you as we move forward here. Our soil, typically speaking, particularly in the Western world in North America, even the best organic food that we're getting um, and it's definitely conventional food is extremely depleted in minerals. Minerals are what actually activates every electrolytical uh, uh, um, uh, catalytic effect in your human body. So your body is electrical by nature. Minerals are conductive elements, especially when in water. So when you have salt, in water, it activates the electrical potency or potential of those minerals and enzymes that are in your body, the enzymes, and we've heard all this, and I didn't get to go deep into this on our last episode, maybe I will later, because I could do a whole episode just on enzymes. Enzymes are the, the chemical protein-based catalyst for every single function of your human body, every single function of your cells, every single function of life on the planet, all the way to single cell bacteria, um, which we will talk about, are based on enzyme reactions and enzymes are activated by minerals. So enzymes are what heals you. Enzymes are what heals your physical tissues, is what allows you to digest and assimilate your food, break down the macronutrients into micronutrients. It allows your brain to function and the healing and regeneration of your brain tissue. If you don't have a full spectrum of minerals, your enzyme bank account will run dry and you're going to have dormant enzymes that are not being activated. Because of our soil situation, we need a source of nutrition that has a full spectrum of bioavailable minerals. Particularly or typically in the soil, you're going to get what's called MPK, nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus. Um and then, you know, hydrogen and then trace amounts of maybe iodine and it might be radioactive iodine depending on on where that soil is and maybe some other things, right? Nickel, cobalt, tin, um, aluminum, arse arsenic, whatever um, in that soil. So you can't bank on quote unquote organic produce to get all of the nutrition that you need. So superfoods in the way that I'm talking about superfoods is your nutrition insurance policy, foods that have a full spectrum of viable amino acids, fatty acids, carbohydrates in the form of medicinal sugars, polysaccharides and glyconutrients. That's what they're called, glyconutrients. Those are medicinal sugars that heal you. Um, probiotics, prebiotics, microorganisms, minerals, etc., etc. 
So superfoods are your insurance policy and they're also your your um, your food-based supplement go-to before going to synthetic supplements. Now, we have an entire supplement world that a lot of it is actually co-opted by the pharmaceutical companies or they're in bed on some degree and it's the same game that's being played out with a lot of these generic supplement companies, the same game that's being played with the pharmaceutical companies. It's just a little bit of a different form, but it's still a synthetic form of nutrients that are isolated that most likely are not going to be beneficial to the harmonic system of your body, meaning that they can throw out the harmony of your of multiple aspects of your your system, particularly your endocrine system, your neuroendocrine system, meaning your brain and your hormone system, and also your um, what was I thinking? Uh, your your immune system. These things can actually throw off your immune system, and you can have an immune reaction to a lot of these supplements that you might be taking because they're actually foreign objects that are being put into your body but don't synergize with your your chemistry hopefully that makes sense so superfoods are actually the the natural obvious supplement option but it's 100% food so that's the idea right there so <clears throat> okay with all that said we could go deeper and deeper into this and I do have a particular affinity for talking about the cultures and the civilizations that bore out all of these amazing foods. Um, I'm not going to go into that for the sake of time right now, but I do want to go into my favorite superfoods. And before we do that, I'm going to go into a few honorable mentions because I can only go into, let's see, what do I have here? I have actually, I actually have 11 of my favorite superfoods because I just could not sit – I couldn't pick. I couldn't like – it's just so hard for me because I've been exposed to hundreds and hundreds of the most amazing foods on the planet through all my travels and my research and my study and my investigative obsession with all of this kind of stuff. In my travels in Hawaii, in Costa Rica, Nicaragua, in different areas, subtropic areas like that, I've been exposed to things that most people have never seen before. And I want to bring some of that awareness back to you. But I couldn't do everything. So some of the honorable mentions that I have here are durian fruit, which is considered the king of fruits, mangosteen fruit, which is considered the queen of fruits, things like jackfruit, avocados, sun-dried Peruvian olives, sea vegetables as a category, you know, things like nori, wakame, um, Irish moss, dulse. Things in that category, sea vegetables are, are one of the best sources of minerals um, in of themselves. And there, there's so many other things I could talk about. But for the sensitivity of time here, let's go in to my favorite superfoods. So starting this list is coconuts. The coconut category is absolutely incredible. There's so much that we could talk about when it comes to coconuts. Um, when I'm talking about coconuts, I'm particularly talking about um, wild coconuts and coconut products. So that's coconut water, that's unprocessed, unpasteurized, un, uh, raw living coconut water. It's coconut oil, extra virgin, unrefined, not refined, but unrefined, cold pressed coconut oil, and then it's also coconut butter or coconut meat. So you have all these different, these different elements, these alchemical elements of the coconut plant itself, the coconut. By the way, the coconut botanically is a nut, right? It's not a fruit. Some people think it's a fruit for some reason. It's actually a nut, and it's the single nut that if I were on a desert island and I only had access to one thing and I had it in total abundance – it would be coconuts because you get the you get the coconut water, which is 55 percent identical to our human blood plasma. And actually in um, one of the world wars, they actually used coconut water intravenously as a blood replacement for for soldiers that were losing blood and were going to die if they didn't get some kind of 
some kind of IV replacement. So they used coconuts in Vietnam and then they, that's how they would save people's lives because it's so similar to our blood chemistry and our blood plasma. Coconut water is the best source of electrolytes by far. Electrolytes are a combination of four primary alkaline minerals, magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium. This is what electrolytes are. They're electrical alkaline-based minerals and extremely important for every single physiological function of the human frame. Um, I mean, there's so many things we can be said about coconuts in general. Coconut oil, one of the best sources of saturated fat. It's a, it's a clean burning source of saturated fat that everybody can pretty much use. Some people have minute coconut allergies. I, I, I get that. Um, and that's usually an immune system compromise. So you can work that out by, by empowering your immune system. But as far as the saturated fat source goes, Coconut oil, I think, is is actually the best, and it's the cleanest burning, and it converts into immediate energy. There was a scientist, there still is a scientist, his name's Dr. Raymond Peet, and in the 1940s, he observed that there were pigs on farms, they were basically trying to fatten up these pigs, and they thought, because of the fat hypothesis at the time, that fat creates fat, that if they just gave these pigs cheap coconut oil, it would fatten them up and then they would obviously put them through slaughter. And what they actually found was that the pigs became more hyperactive and then they would run around a lot more like dogs and they lost weight the more coconut oil they were given. So obviously they took them off that and put them on soy, processed soy and and, uh, whatever lard and whatever goobity gop to fatten them back up. But this this observation was really interesting to Raymond Pete. And then he became the world expert and champion of coconut products. There was also a guy named Dr. Bruce Fife who wrote the book, The Coconut Oil Miracle or The Coconut Miracle I read like 10 years ago. Um, you know, so these individuals recognize this. And one of the things going on with coconut oil in particular is that it has a thyroidal effect. So it has an effect on your thyroid metabolism. If somebody has what's called a hypothyroid condition, an underactive thyroid condition, then coconut oil can help to increase thyroid activity, which also has an effect on adrenal health as well. We'll talk more about hormones and all that kind of thing in a later episode. Okay, let's go to number two, which is aloe vera. Aloe vera. I absolutely love aloe vera. I think aloe vera, um, it's one of the most sacred food slash plants on the world, in the world, by far. Um, It has incredible history dating all the way back to Egyptian times, probably further. There's an incredible backstory. I've, by the way, all these foods that I'm talking about, I'm just running through the list, but I've written extensively about all of these in all of my books, my online program, the Holistic Health Mastery Program. Um, My book, the Inner Alchemy Youthening Program has an entire chapter on superfoods. So if you want to go a lot deeper, get into the history of these things, then I suggest you get that book and enroll in that course. So aloe vera, the particular variety that I'm speaking to is aloe vera barbendensis. So this is what you'll find when you find um, aloe water, like kind of the diluted distilled versions of the aloe vera juice that's been distilled into a liquid that you can drink. Um, And there's a lot of different forms that you can get it. I prefer to get it in the whole leaf. And what I'll do One of the cool things that I'll do with aloe vera is that I'll fillet the aloe vera shell and there's the the mucolaginous gel inside of it and that's really the medicine and that's where what are called the polysaccharide medicines are. Polysaccharides are long chain sugars. So poly, the word poly means multiple. So if you look at monosaccharide, it means one sugar. Disaccharide is two sugars. 
Polysaccharide is six or more sugars, typically speaking. And there's a great book called Glyconutrients. So glyconutrients are basically, you know, there's things called glycation, which is, is sugar metabolism in the body. That's a glycation. Um, so glyconutrients is sugar nutrients. And sugar is not just glucose or fructose or sucrose. Sugar is a long topic, by the way. And there's medicinal bitter sugars that have no adverse effect on your blood sugar. Um, they actually have beneficial effects on your blood sugar. And these are the glyconutrients and polysaccharides, particularly in aloe vera. It's mannose that really feeds the immune system. It also has an effect on healing the intestinal lining and what's called the epithelial cells of your tissues that help to heal that lining in your digestive system and soothe any kind of digestive issues you have. So one of the things I'll do, and I have a YouTube video that you can look up, look up Ronnie Landis aloe vera. I've done a number of videos, lecture excerpts, and there's one video on YouTube called the aloe vera orange sickle. So it's basically a recipe where you take aloe vera gel, you take orange juice, fresh pressed orange juice, and I think you take a lemon and you squeeze it or you juice it and you throw that together and you have an aloe vera orange sickle drink. So that's really cool. The next food on our list is noni fruit. And so noni fruit is actually very similar in nature to aloe vera. It has very similar compounds. Noni fruit is very pungent. It's uh, it's actually very spicy in its raw form. And if you're familiar with noni fruit, you know that it has a very adverse taste and smell and <laughs> and people just aren't really that into it. But what you can do is you can get a distilled liquid form of noni fruit. It's in the form of noni fruit juice. A lot of people do that. If you ever have access to fresh noni, I really, really recommend that you start playing with it. Um, I, I have gotten so deep into noni fruit where I'll just eat it straight. And um, I, I developed, a, developed a palate for it. Not that I enjoy it, but the medicinal effects are definitely worth it for me. Um, noni also has a combination of all of those polysaccharides that we mentioned with aloe vera. But noni, I think that noni, honestly... It's probably the most powerful food in the entire world. If I had to get hard-pressed on what the most powerful food in the world was, I would say it's probably noni fruit. It's probably noni by far. Um, but it's also, it's also you got to pay to play, right? And so I would say, you know, if you are in a subtropical environment, you have access to fresh noni, you know, you can make, you can strain it. You can ferment it. You can blend it up into some kind of drink. There's a lot of ways you can do it. Or you can just go to the store and get fresh noni juice and start playing with it that way. The next food is maca root. Maca root, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. I, I have had a, a love for maca. It's one of the original foods that I also got involved with in combination to spirulina and a number of these other ones early on. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that can be said about maca. Maca is a, prov a maca is an Andean, uh, meaning from the Andes Mountains, and it's Peruvian in nature. Um, it's a cruciferous root vegetable, essentially. And there's different forms of maca. There's a lot that we can talk about when it comes to maca, why it's so powerful. Well, maca is about vigor. It's about vitality. It's about fertility. It's about longevity. And maca grows at the highest elevations of the Andes Mountains where there's really there's rapid weather climate fluctuations. And it can fluctuate very rapidly, um, you know, in, in ways that the, the normal, the normal um, lung capacity of a normal human at a normal climate is not adapted to. Um, and one of the interesting things about maca is that it seems to have a unique effect on the respiratory system itself. And I think it's because of the climate that it grows best in. And that, that's called the doctrine of signatures, which we'll talk about 
when we get more into Chinese medicine talks, the doctrine of signatures is is basically, you know, a food will will tell you about itself by the way it's shaped, the way it smells, the way it grows, and also where the type of environment that it best grows in. So maca has an interesting effect on the respiratory system, the thyroid system in particular, and the overall endocrine system. Maca has hormonal effects. Maca has fertility enhancing effects. And it also increases something called luteinizing hormone, which is a precursor for testosterone. So that would that would show you where its vigor, its vitality, and also its fertility enhancing properties come from. It's not a complete protein, but it has about 17 of the 18 essential or the, the 18 complete amino acids and I actually think there's about 22 amino acids that I think are being discovered but um, in conventional circles there's about 18 amino acids and maca seems to have 17 of them. And by the way when you're purchasing maca there's different forms. You can get just regular white powdered maca. Um, I don't really recommend that. I recommend that you either get yellow maca, red maca, black maca, and black maca is going to be the most potent. It's going to have the most what's called jing or ojas, which all these things we're going to define a little later when we get into Ayurveda and we get into um, Chinese medicine. Jing, is, jing or ojas is basically like your primordial life force energy. That's basically what that is. Um, black maca is going to be the most potent. And then there's also gelatinized maca, which is just um, a more digestible version of it. Um, so I'd say go for any of those that you can find. Um, those are going to be much more potent and much more digestible. Okay, number five is cacao. We would probably have to do an entire episode on cacao because I have been a cacao enthusiast, a chocolate lover, um, at some, one point obsessed about chocolate for a long time, and I have so many stories that I could talk about with cacao. I, it goes endlessly. It goes endlessly with me and cacao. Basically, cacao is the source of all chocolate. It's where all chocolate comes from. And out of every single food in the world, cacao has the most um, – it has the most historical documentation and reverence across multiple cultures of any food that's ever been discovered. Um I, and I could go on and on about that. I actually have a book that's almost finished called The Hidden Messages in Chocolate. So that's where I, I just pour all of my research and all of my fascination of cacao and chocolate and all the intricacies of it into that book. A few things that are very interesting about cacao. Cacao is the only food in the world that contains a cannabinoid called anandamide. Anandamide is... Uh, basically, the bliss receptor chemical in the brain that, that initiates bliss. And Ananda, the word Ananda in Sanskrit language means bliss or nirvana bliss. It's loosely around that, that, that meaning. And it's the, it's the bliss chemical. It's the bliss molecule, basically. Cacao is the only food in the world that's ever been discovered to have that. And it also has a compound called theobromine. Theobromine is a cousin compound or a cousin molecule to caffeine, but it has a significantly different effect on the nervous system, on the cardiovascular system. Caffeine is a nervous system stimulant where theobromine is actually a cardiovascular stimulant. So it stimulates blood flow. It increases the dilation of your blood vessels and increases oxygenation into the blood, into the brain, and it's heart protective. In fact, in the 1900s, I believe from 1900 to 1940, they used theobromine. In, they injected, doctors would inject theobromine um, extract into a heart attack patient's heart to revive their heart, to save them from a heart attack, essentially. So a chocolate extract was used to save somebody's heart. Imagine the irony of that. There's so much more going on with cacao, but we got to keep moving on. 
Number six is the algae category, the single cell cyanobacteria algae category, chlorella, spirulina, blue-green algae. Uh, chlorella gets its name from the word chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is plant blood, and it's one of the most important substances for rebuilding human blood. And chlorella is the highest source of chlorophyll in the world. It's up to 10% by dry matter weight chlorophyll, and that's where it gets the green pigmentation. The dark, deep green pigments in it is actually from the chlorophyll antioxidant. And it's super high in magnesium, super rich in magnesium. By the way, cacao, just going back to that, cacao is the highest land-based uh, food in magnesium in the world. 100% of heart disease or heart attacks, any kind of heart cardiovascular condition is a magnesium deficiency, usually has a calcium excess, and it has a magnesium deficiency. So things that are extremely high in magnesium are going to be extremely beneficial for the heart, for your cardiovascular system, as well as your nervous system, your digestive system, other things as well. So chlorophyll, extremely high in magnesium, in, chlor in, in chlorella, extremely high in chlorophyll, uh, magnesium. It also has chlorella-like growth factors. Chlorella-like growth factors, which are similar to human growth factor, and it actually is a longevity-enhancing property of the chlorella, um, the chlorella algae. And then another thing about chlorella is that it's very detoxifying, particularly for heavy metals. So it has an effect on caging up and binding up heavy metals and other toxins in the body and removing them through the body. So chlorella is one of the most powerful foods on the planet by far. Spirulina, although very similar, is also a bit different. Spirulina is more proteinaceous, meaning that it has more protein. In fact, spirulina is the highest concentrated source of protein of any food in the world. There is no food that actually can rival pro or can rival spirulina in its protein content. It's between 51% and 71%, I believe, in protein content by dry matter weight, depending on the, the quality and source of it. And so chlorella is about 45% protein. So it's a little bit less protein, still extremely high in protein, but it's more cleansing, it's more therapeutic, it's more chlorophyll-rich, where spirulina has a lot of chlorophyll, but it's more based in protein and also other compounds like carotenoids and zeaxanthins uh, and the xanthine molecules, which are potent antioxidants and have an effect on healing um, the eyes, healing optical nerves and macular degeneration and things of that nature. Blue-green algae, another incredible source of algae. And then I also want to talk about marine phytoplankton. Marine phytoplankton is probably my favorite supplement um, that is also a whole food source. And when you look at the entire basis of our entire food chain, our entire food supply, all the way from land-based food, all the way to the oceanic food source and where it all originates from, it comes from phytoplankton. And phytoplankton is actually responsible for 90% of the oxygen output in our atmosphere. And phytoplankton is the original source of something called omega-3 fatty acids. So things like ALA, EPA, DHA. You've probably heard a lot about these. And this is the, and this is the basis for the fish oil industry, which is a very corrupt industry. It's a very um, collapsing industry. And I just don't recommend fish oil really at all anymore at this point because it's contaminated. There's homeopathic particulates of heavy metals and mercury and plastic and radiation and all kinds of stuff in there. And why would you want to get something that's three times removed from the original source? Marine phytoplankton is one of the highest source in oceanic minerals and the high, one of the highest sources in available EPA and DHA, which are critical for brain formation, for, for the eyes, for the optical nerves, for anti-inflammation, for the nervous system and brain development altogether. 
And that's where fish actually gets its omega-3 fatty acids. Fish don't produce it intrinsically. Fish produce omega-3s from the liver by consuming what are called krill. And the krill get their omega-3s from consuming phytoplankton. So marine phytoplankton is, is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay, let's finish off this list. Then we get into grass powders. Grass powders are amazing. You know, grass powders are, are one of the largest concentrations, if not the largest concentration of minerals of any land-based um, source of, of, you know, particularly plant-based source that grows on the land. They concentrate the most amount of minerals, Okay, so concentrated mineral sources and other phytonutrient sources, and they're directly exposed to the sun, which they're concentrated forms of sunlight. We talked about that in our last episode. So grass powders like kamut grass, alfalfa grass, wheat grass, um, barley, activated barley grass powder, all of these things are incredible, incredible sources of green powdered superfoods. Moving on, we have, um, we have hemp seeds. So hemp seeds are you know, an incredible source of protein. And the entire hemp plant in of itself, we could get into things like CBD, um, things like, uh, you know, basically, yeah, CBD derived hemp is an incredible thing right now. Um, I'm not going to get too far into that because we're coming close to our time limit here. So I just want to get this last bit of information out. But hemp seeds as a seed and a protein source is extremely digestible, extremely rich in full spectrum amino acids and has a lot of other unique things going for it. Um, One of the things is that it's very similar to our, our blood chemistry. So it's very digestible for us, for human beings. And also there's particular amino acids in hemp seeds that are very similar to the amino acids that a lot of people think that or feel that meat is essential for um, methionine and cysteine, which are sulfur bearing amino acids, which have a lot to do with with healing connective tissue, healing um, muscle tissue, connective tissue, ligaments, this kind of thing methionine, cysteine, sulfur-bearing amino acids, hemp seeds, and hemp products are very, very, um, they they have a lot of that going on for them. A lot of other great things going on for hemp seeds as well. The last thing I want to get into here are bee products. And bee products are honey, and there's different forms of honey. Wherever you go in the world, um, you're going to have a different form of honey, and no two honeys are the same. Honey is associated with longevity. Some of the longest living people in recorded histories, particularly modern history, based on Russian research, are beekeepers. And it has a lot to do with all the bee products. And working with bees in general, I think, has a particular affinity towards shamanism and spirituality and longevity. But then honey in general has so much going for it. We could talk a lot about honey. Honey is the most enzymatically active food in the world. You can preserve honey for hundreds, potentially thousands of years. This has been shown in Egyptian archaeology. They found honey that has been used for embalming. It's been used for the preservation of pharaohs and other um, embalming you know, preserving the the preserving the the person that they're they're you know the pharaoh or the emperor or whatever the case is the royalty, um, and and they found honey that was still edible two thousand years later. That's incredible, um, and so it must have a similar effect on human beings who ingest it. And so, no matter you know where you're never going to find the same the same identical honey from different sources because it concentrates the elements or the energies of the environment that it is coming from, and the bees that are producing it. And there's manuka honey, which typically comes from New Zealand, which is just loaded, loaded with incredible nutrients. Then you have bee pollen. 
you have royal jelly, you have propolis. I go into extreme detail on all these things in my book, The Inner Alchemy Youthening Program. You can go deeper into it. Um, the, the bee products in general are absolutely incredible, powerful, and I think that at least honey and bee pollen, if nothing else, are essential staples in somebody's diet. Bee pollen, by the way, is the best source of B vitamins, full-spectrum B vitamins, excluding um, B, uh, yeah, B12, vitamin B12. So there you go. Also, one other thing I wanted to add to the honorable mentions was goji berry. I could talk a lot about goji berry, but I decided not to include it just for time. And also, I didn't want to overwhelm you with too much information. I know that we went through a lot here. What I recommend you do, there's a number of things. Um, if you want to get the best quality source on so many of these superfoods, particularly the grain-powdered superfoods and others, I want to recommend that you check out a company that I've been working with for the last two years that sources the absolute best quality, highest integrity um, organic superfoods in the world, and it's a company called Purium. P-U-R-I-U-M. It stands for purity. It stands for purity and premium put together. It's called Perium. Um, I've been working with them as a close consultant, as a distributor, as a business partner for two years. It's been absolutely incredible, and I have helped change the lives and the health of hundreds of people using these products. And I would recommend you go to a website. It's called I Shop. Perium.com. That will be in the show notes. And if you use my coupon code Human Potential, you will you you will either save fifty dollars or twenty five percent, whichever is greater, on your entire order of products, and you will get a lifetime loyal a customer loyalty discount on all of your future products. The products I recommend from them the most: spirulina, chlorella. Kamut grass powder, barley grass powder, all of the green powdered superfoods. And then they have other combinations of superfoods like their MVP sport product, which is particularly for athletes and working out. They have the love meal, which is a full spectrum immune system rebuilding, um, also protein powder. And then they have the power shake and the more grains powder. You can look all over these things. I recommend if you really want to dive into their best products and their flagship products, go and look up either the core four ultimate nutrition program or the 40 day ultimate nutrition program. And you will have a life changing experience. And they also have a 60 day money back. No questions asked. Um, policy. So you really have nothing to lose. You're going to get a significant discount by using my coupon code human potential. Again, the website is ishoppurium.com. And yeah, what else can we be said about this topic? That, that, that was a lot right there. I've been wanting to share all of this information for a long time. You can go to my holistic health mastery program, holistichealthmastery.com. Um, you can also go on YouTube, go to my YouTube channel. There's tons of recipe videos. There's tons of further videos that go deeper into all of this stuff. So there you go. That is Superfoods 101. Um, and we are going to be getting into Tonic Herbalism 101 in our next episode series. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will uh, check in with you on the next episode.